Okay, so this is our first crack at a podcast. We Honestly, got... oh sorry. No, continue. I, I say we just delete, like don't post the first couple. I'm already thinking it now. <laughs> it's like it's like when a dad teaches his son to ride a bike. You don't, you, want, you don't want the people in the street to see you kids are riding a bike? Yeah, or? Like, it like happens in the backyard and he hits you a lot. Like, <laughs> so, you know how the, like, the first couple of times he's like holding you from behind? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding you, I'm holding you. And then like on the fifth time, like he's like, yeah, I'm still holding you, but he's, he's actually gone. not. Yeah, exactly. And you're going 100, 100 like, meters down the street. So who's dad here? My dad, I'm just going to let yeah, go yeah, and start yeah. posting no, 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 exa- Exactly right. And you're not going to tell me and start <laughs> posting them. So it can just be all natural. Fair it's enough. Like- I still was thinking about how we will go about the posting thing. I think we talked about <laughs> almost a selective audience. Yeah, yeah. Like it's- a very... You, you've got to deliberately find this podcast. Like no you, one stumbles on it by accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's bestowed upon you. It's yeah. fate in a sense. Oh, I guess that fate would be accident. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I do like that's the opposite of fate. With I do like the respect. idea of like a, a like a very physical subscribers list that we email a link to every week. Almost like a listening party. Party. Yeah. Like you actually just have to physically be in the room to listen to the podcast <laughs> oh, when we debut That's it, something else. And then we just destroy the file up. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, there's only one copy, it's on a tape, and that's it. <laughs> the other gag we had was like posting it on the deep web somewhere. <laughs> yeah, deep web. Just because it'll be like, I mean, for the most part, this podcast will be pretty innocuous, uh, just two friends discussing well, that's the thing, chip I think, flavors or whatever yeah, else. People ask, oh, I mean, I've obviously been boasting about it. It's been good small talk. Alex and I are going to start a podcast. Mm, Obviously, yeah, it what's it going to be about? And so, it's almost a rude question to ask. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you get it. The whole point, it's like, what is our friendship even about? I mean, yeah, and it's where the whole show name comes in, everything and nothing. Like, Nice plug. You've just got yeah, there you go. Really. That's a shame. I give it to Google, I... you'll find nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We've blocked it from Google. And also, now I can't like discuss the uh, the show name. I can't yeah, like, exactly. say nothing. Like, you've I've covered it. it. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, what else? I think what this podcast is going to be, so like going back to like a why people are going to tune in. I think I was thinking about it yesterday. We talk a lot about like art, like I guess I guess appreciating things and intellectualizing activities, and like a lot of the time, things in their raw form like already have so much beauty to begin with that it doesn't make much sense to remodel them into something else, given how much effort it takes. Yeah. Like I think of the example of cheesecake. Like a lot of the time when like if people try to make cheesecake and they're like not good at it, like you start with good cheese and end up with bad cake. But just if you would just serve me the cheese, I would have been quite happy. Like when you like when you have like a good cut of meat, it's yeah. like, oh, what should I do with them? Just put a bit of salt and pepper on it. Yeah, keep it simple. So I think what people are going to tune in here and just be like, nah. I mean, at its absolute base case, it's two friends discussing things. They get to see a blossoming friendship, really. Yeah, exactly. We've only been friends for about 18 months. That's the thing, in a sense. Like, we're not really trying to be anything else either. It's sort of like... It, it, once you start thinking about where am I going to post it, you know, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, SoundCloud, all that sort of crap. Mm. I mean, they've all got like, you know, sort of how many listeners, a like button. Exactly. Sort exactly. of like then you, I mean, as much as you want to fight it, you sort of want to please those people. You want to give them what they want, which is yeah, defeats yeah. the whole purpose of this. I mean, I think as we said, you asked me yesterday, have I heard a podcast before? No, <laughs> I've never actually listened to a podcast. Yeah, I think they're pretty lame. It's and like... the people who listen to them are losers. So, yeah. so it's <laughs> Much less the people who host them. Good exactly. Lord. So, I mean, yeah, it sort of defeats the purpose. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, anyway. But... No, it was, it, was about, uh, it was about what's the purpose of the podcast. And then you said there was no purpose. No, I think the purpose for us is, like, it was like, it was like what I said yesterday. It's like, the the medium actually doesn't matter. Like the only reason we're choosing the podcasting medium 
is because it's an easy way to rip through a lot of content and kind of like store that content. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have the wherewithal to write a book or like to sit down and write a script with you. Yeah. So essentially what I'm saying is this is the easiest way to indulge myself. Yeah, exactly. It's a sick little fantasy we've got. Mm. It's probably the most socially acceptable way to do it. Yeah, even still, I would I would judge someone who has like says they have a podcast. Yeah, that's a thing. I and mean, it's like it's about nothing and like they don't have... I, I mean, if you're listening, like, I mean, God forbid if you are. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm 22 years old and unemployed and it's... <laughs> goddamn 1205 and i've been awake for 35 minutes yeah. actually funny story i want to tell this story in full um because of, like when i when i roll, rolled up here like 15 minutes ago whatever, we sort of just got straight into it yeah exactly but so this shit with the builders so i'm getting the oh, fucking of course, the, the kitchen, kitchen being renovated so basically i am i'm a guest in my own goddamn house like we can only use like half the house and every day it seems to be different builders so i can't build up any rapport with them <laughs> you're a prisoner whatsoever. yeah it's just That's it's it. just like strangers in my house every day mm. it's like last friday like a week and a bit ago like i didn't wake up till one and so i was like eh. i think they'll be gone pretty soon because they normally knock off at like two yeah so i just stayed in bed because i didn't want them to see me getting up at one and then be like well, that guy's a loser so, <laughs> so i was like fuck it i'll just wait them out and they won't know that i'm like home so then like two o'clock came around and they were fucking still there <laughs> what do so, you do i mean uh, they didn't leave till fucking four o'clock so i couldn't get out of bed till four o'clock they just <laughs> thought i wasn't there anyway yeah. today what fucking happened sorry this story's already taking too long but i mean this podcast will probably go for three hours so. yeah it doesn't matter um uh, fuck yeah, yeah yeah so yeah just just edit that uh little stutter out doesn't just, matter yeah we'll fix it in post as i uh, <laughs> yeah exactly I just learn the saying i mean considering we're like, the people yeah. that don't get out of bed till 12 we're the sort of people that's really gonna have a post are we going to edit this i don't think we can be fucked <laughs> there's a zero percent chance that we're fucking <laughs> yeah, editing this honestly like seeing seeing as i don't know how and well you're honestly do it. i know how <laughs> beats me like, I mean, like, we're looking at the screen here, and it's like, there, it's are, recording. Those, there are those little soundbar effects, so you know, it's... Yeah, I'm sort of wondering, like, are they big enough? Who knows? Like, if I, if I, well, I don't want to, like, scream into the mic suddenly, but they seem pretty... Yeah, they seem fine. Look, they are what they are. They are what they are, exactly. It's sort of like culling short of sharks. It's like, I mean, how many sharks are there supposed to be? It's not really like that at all, but I appreciate that you got, like... you got my little <laughs> spiel out there uh, early, early on. Yeah, Can I like, just finish this story before we go on to yeah, the fucking sorry. shark calling spiel? <laughs> go for it. I mean, it's your spiel, really. 15 minutes into the fucking podcast and we're already angering people. Go for it. Come on. Let's also, do it. I've had about... Like, normally I just talk uninterrupted for two hours without yeah. having any water. But since you put this glass of water in front of me now, I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Am, am I always this thirsty? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, I think it's a bit of a myth. Like, sometimes when you're drinking water, it like actually just makes you more thirsty. Yeah, I think it's fair. I don't think you do, but I think you just no, want to I think it's true. It's sort of like when I've got a bottle of water next to me, I'm going to drink it for days. Yeah, Why? It's a, Honestly, it's because I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. But also, I feel it almost like pushes the saliva out of your mouth. Pushes the saliva out of your mouth. Your mouth has a natural self-lubricating function. Yeah. And when you rinse water through it too much, it... <laughs> I mean... Anyway, so I was I was in bed, and last night... Fuck, when I... So we, we hung out yesterday, and when I got home... Yeah. Um the fucking like they'd been in my room to fix a hole in the plaster which i think they're just kind of doing is like a nice gesture because oh, yeah. like they're only working on the kitchen good on them but i freaked the fuck out <laughs> i don't like people like we're in your room now but i don't like people in my room yeah it's it's a goddamn war zone so you do. <laughs> yeah there's like there's demons just <laughs> some blood on the walls <laughs> yeah, so exactly. 
Then today, oh, well, last night I was like, oh, fuck, they're probably going to want to come around and finish like this bit that they started plastering. So I just wrote a crude note on my door and blue tacked it up. And I was like, I won't be out of bed till 10, 15. So fair enough. Like <laughs> I initially wrote 11 and then I like, crossed it out. Did like, you write it in 10, blood 15? as well? <laughs> like, some real fucked up shit. Yeah. Like skull and crossbones. Like keep out of my room. Like, exactly. I'm like 10 years old. But so then, then it was like, I obviously didn't wake up till 11. And then at like 11.15, a guy fucking like knocked on the door quite aggressively and I was like half asleep and I was like, uh, just give me a couple more minutes. <laughs> and so then I left for here. So I basically got like chased out of my own home Gee. and acted like a fucking 14 year old. Honestly, not even home in your own home. Yeah. It actually reminds me of um, this morning I started watching a little bit of Apocalypse Now. Yeah, good call. Great film. And um, in a sense, I mean, why did I watch it? We were talking yesterday about that SAS guy who's been in the news. What's yeah, yeah. Ben... Ben Robert Smith. Ben Robert Smith, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I was watching this thing and he's essentially a sort of special forces soldier as well and he has this line where it's like, well, when I'm when I'm here, like in Vietnam, I just want to be home, but when I'm home, I just want to be back here. Like, yeah. All I want to do, I'm just waiting for the next mission. And you can sort of see him in his room and he's looking at the fan and he doesn't even see a fan anymore. He sees, you know, chopper blades. Yeah, He's going yeah. nuts. And then you sort of think, we well, sort of, and, you know, he's obviously not right. He's running around, he's drunk, he's cut himself, dancing around in the nude. Mm. You know, Martin Sheen or whatever in the first scene. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, gee, surely this guy is not really... You can see straight away he doesn't fit into society. Like, yeah. into what our view of society is. You know, he opens the window and like, ah, oh, fuck, Saigon, I was hoping I'd be in the jungle. But then, you know, next thing you've got, yeah, he's the man for this this really hard job. Like, we're going to send him to the jungle, suicide yeah. mission, who are we going to get? Yeah, Martin Sheen is the best. And Martin's like, fuck yeah, I'm keen for this. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I mean, he's not a normal guy. So why are we, in a sense... Like asking him to play by normal rules? Yeah, exactly. And he knows, he's, in a sense, he sort of knows he's not a normal guy. Do you think... I don't know. I think I think when you kind of ask someone to like, do a job like that or to go to war and come back, you kind of split them into two irreconcilable halves. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you, you're, for, you're forcing the person to compartmentalise themselves. Mm. Yeah, it's like mean. there's war me, then there's home me. Exactly. So how can that person ever be resolved and whole? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, then again, what's the alternative? You just go out there and you just keep your fucking humanity and normalcy out as you're just gunning people down. Yeah. When I say it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like <clears throat> an argument. Like, let's say, let's say we have to like conscript people for a war. Is it better to conscript like millions and millions of people and have them fight a little bit each? so that the absolute damage done to their psyche is minimal? Mm. Or do we just, like, sacrifice, like, a thousand people and just be like, yeah, you're just going to be broken by the end of this. Yeah, what's the thing? I mean, what even is the point of no return? I mean, how yeah, many like dead bodies mass. do you have to see before you're sort of permanently fucked in the head? Yeah, or is it a case of even just a little bit just, like, fucks you? It's like it's like one drop of ink in a bit of water. It's like, it's, it'll, it just goes everywhere, so... Yeah, well, they talk about, like, that, um... What was that book? Uh, Menisteric Goats. That's yeah. sort of very early on. They're talking about people that rocked up in Vietnam for the first time. These young kids, they get off the chopper and they just smell fucking death. And then yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, my sense of smell didn't come back till like eight months later. It's yeah, like, gee, all that took was one smell. You didn't even see a dead body yet. It's kind of like me in this room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, nah, it's actually like the builder in fucking my room. Yeah. Honestly, I'm. That's like it's the a human builder. rights abuse for a builder to be in my room. It's cruel and unusual work. <laughs> it's just a fucking. There's a lot of demonic shit in there. Yeah. Just a, just a, just a bin <laughs> yeah, that needs taken out. Well, here you go. I've sort of cleaned my room up for this sort of thing. Yeah, it looks pretty good, to be honest. I did my best. I don't know why I stitched you up before. It's good. That's fair enough. I mean, 
bit of effort went into getting this done. Yesterday we sort of went on a bit of an adventure to um to, yeah. to get all the gear. Yeah. But um, I don't know, interesting experience in itself. To be honest, I mean, most things, the ideas we come up with, you know, whether it be podcasts, dinner parties, never really come to anything. Just an idea. It's one of those classics. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I was thinking about it on the way over here. It's kind of surprising because, like, with all due respect, in my head, I'm like, yeah, Michael's pretty lazy. Yeah. But then, out of the two of us, you're the one who actually does stuff. So, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm several times lazier than Michael. That, what does that say? <laughs> I don't know what to say. It says I should probably get out of bed before noon. <laughs> But yeah, like, I mean, uh, you did the dinner party. I did the dinner party, yeah. That went that was well. about six months ago in summer, yep. just for those of you playing along at home. Yeah. Jesus, imagine if someone's listening through this. Yeah, gee. And that's just, this is actually just being played in a courtroom right now. <laughs> like five years. Yeah, exactly. So just like, so why so this is the stuff. We talk about turning points and critical mass in this podcast at one, surely this was it. it. This is it. when Alex go. realized he just couldn't come back into society. Yeah. And he really bought into Michael's vision of the warscape. Yeah. <laughs> and in a sense, he couldn't leave the podcast. <laughs> He's still in that room. <laughs> Part of him never left. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, fuck, what were we saying? Oh, the dinner, dinner party. Dinner party. Honestly, though, I've been thinking about the dinner party. I want to do another one. I was the it, first. The first one, if I can just say, the first one was a roaring success. Yeah, I was like, very happy. Stupidly with it. good. You. I appreciate that. Like a lot of, a lot of, like just to fuck, just to set the scene. It was a long, long table with a white tablecloth over it. How many people were there? Probably fourteen. Four, no, fourteen people. Yeah, a couple didn't come, but whatever. You know who you well, are. Happy days. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> probably won't be listening to this because I won't send you the link. They won't be invited. Fair yeah, exactly. Oh, good stuff. Um, about. Eight bottles of wine, ten bottles of red wine. Yeah. So pretty good quality. Uh, it had some slow cooked meats, some really nice vegetables. All in all, it would have been a it would have been a couple of days just in the food prep alone. Yeah. And then the actual logistical planning would have been about a week. And everyone everyone walked good clothes and the weather was good and we were outside. Yeah, exactly. I mean I think we talk about how um yeah, perhaps I'm a bit lazy, but I sort of identify the way to get things done. I think you're a dreamer. Yeah, yeah, no, you is do. really yeah, yeah. to just throw yourself at the deep end. I mean yeah. this is the one thing I sort of like about I mean what we did yesterday in a sense what I did at that dinner party is like well I mean when I've spent X amount of dollars on food and I've got it all here and you know six kilos yeah. of meat well you've passed the point of return I'm gonna do this yeah. it's like yesterday I mean we're at the shop and it's like well we've gone for a walk to have a chat about it like is this just a scoping session it's like well what's the point yeah yeah let's just get doing it yeah I don't know I mean no no that is something that I admire about you just like the kind of uh like willingness to do something it's like whereas whereas I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an analyst like I typically mm. think about something for about two years before I do it <laughs> like fucking research it or like go on every forum in existence yeah and like have this whole theoretical knowledge which really is like essentially a waste of time no, it's not a waste of time because I think in many ways I do a similar thing but it's I don't know in the end of the day I mean you sort of you don't want to be seen as the guy that just spends two years analysing shit Exactly. Well, right. this is what how I felt. I mean, you even said it yourself. You're like, yeah, no, let's do that. Sort of taking the piss out of all these ideas it we had. It's pretty funny that I was I was the one taking the piss out of you because it was like, man. then I'm like, well, fuck you, I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> well, it worked in the end. Yeah. Well, something. Right, I'm putting on my jacket here. I don't know why I took it off. It just feels like a cool thing to do sometimes. Take your jacket off. It's like an fucking authoritative man. Yeah, you look good though. Sort of public. black black slacks, white mm. t-shirt. Yeah, it's thanks. This t- is. Oh, sorry, go on no, it's a simple shirt. look and I appreciate it. Yeah, this is pretty much one of my go-to uniforms. I pretty much dress like... 
again, those of you playing along at home, because Michael already knows this, I'm a slob by nature. <laughs> I, mean, <the> <laughs> I want to be so harsh on yourself. The people listening along, like, probably know that by now, but, like... Um, if not, you know in a couple episodes of time. <laughs> well, I mean, they already know that some builder's got to <laughs> operate my room at fucking noon and be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you're just going to have some more water. Honestly, I sort of am picturing you as the sort of builders knocking on the door in that Martin Sheen scene, Apocalypse Now, just an absolute fucking mess of a room. It's <laughs> like hearing choppers, like, oh, shit, man. I'm not ready for it. It's the most fucked up thing that someone could find in your room. What's that? What's like, that? Not, like, not even theoretical. Like, as I cast my eye around I'm looking now, for some fucked up shit. Is there anything incriminating? Is there anything in here that, like, serves some seedy ulterior motive? I don't know. I guess you let your imagination run free. Got a tin of wax up there. <laughs> no, I just know you're using that in your hair. Nah, don't. honestly, it's for my jackets. Oh, really? Yeah, barber uh, cotton wax jackets. Oh, uh, yeah, so it is. Oh, nice. I that's see, that's a job I haven't done. I mean, talking about it all winter, like I think the wax on the cotton is nice because you know it's always waterproof sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gore-Tex, you just give it a top up. But the whole idea of giving me a top up, yeah. What? Oh, I think like sorry, that's a bit. <laughs> I, I tuned out. For so a essentially, bit, it's it's a, it's a cotton jacket. Yeah. Right, and then to make it waterproof, they put wax over the top. Yeah. And um. So, after a while, the wax starts to wear off, becomes a little bit less waterproof. Yeah, yeah. So, before winter, ideally, the aim is that, oh, yeah, I'll um, put some new wax on it, get it nice and waterproof. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it. I mean, winter's pretty much almost done. We're sort of heading into yeah, spring yeah. now. So Jacket, that's, jackets last for me this much. Yeah, yeah. That's me, uh, like, buying clothes, like, every, every winter. Mm. I'm like, geez, I really need some warm clothes. I'm like, oh, you push through that first little cold spell. Yeah. And then you're kind of in the depths of winter. And then I mean it's August and you can you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Uh, it's sort of that. I mean, I won't lie. Money's like a big thing. I mean, the tin of wax only cost me twelve bucks. Yeah. So uh, if whether I use it or I, or I just throw it in the bin, it sort of doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Yeah, I mean, it's different. I mean, we spent I don't know how much did we spend three hundred bucks maybe or two hundred fifty bucks. Three hundred thirty six. Three hundred thirty six dollars. You owe me, me ninety eight. I just want to get that on record. You can yeah. just transfer that at your leisure because I owed you fifty for about three months yeah I did remember you saying something about it get me lunch don't worry about it <laughs> no I mean I didn't get me lunch that'll start to make up the difference nah, and then I'll get home and I'll tally up <laughs> and then I'll tally up the yeah. goods um, well you're talking about yeah I think like when you Wax sort of spend jackets. that sort of money I mean 336 bucks whatever it is like you're throwing yourself in you feel somewhat obliged because the money is spent mm. I but mean yeah again this is I guess if you if you're kind of on the outside looking in you'll maybe see how this is an example of to an extent our personalities converging mm. like as we spend more time with each other and know each other better which is like I, I think what happens in a lot of friendships relationships particularly the unhealthy ones <laughs> uh, like because when because probably 18 months ago I remember for like a uni assignment we had to go out to a cafe and like scope it out and so mm. I bought an iced chocolate and it cost like 7 bucks or something Yeah, and I was like Jesus fucking Christ what has the world come to? I hate myself. Yeah, like pretty much. Like I couldn't believe that I'd spent that money on a, like a drink that I could have easily prepared at home. Yeah. My motto is essentially just save the money. And your your motto is literally spend the money. I say it a lot. Spend the money. Yeah. It's only this far. And so now you've, like, like I mean, I guess to an extent, I think we've kind of colored ourselves, like each other a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. You save more money than you probably used to and I've Certainly. spent more money than I probably used to. It's a perfect combo. I mean, in another couple of years, we'll just have a fucking joint bank account. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Honestly, we're the same person. Who knows? Yeah, I just did like while we're on the topic of clothes, I did want to just say this is pretty much my go-to uniform, and Michael has taught me a little cheat code to how not to look like a slob. It's kind of like you know when people are like, uh, uh, if you're not confident, just pretend to be confident. Mm. Right. 
I don't oh. get it. It's the same as being confident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's like... You're confident enough to just lie in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, if anything, it's, it's always harder to pretend to be confident. Yeah. I don't, I don't fucking get that advice. But anyway, so it's like, it's like, oh, I'm now I now I'm not actually a slob. I just I just dress like I'm not a slob. It's like, well, that's pretty much the definition. Do you know, like, it's a very slob. superficial thing. Oh, yeah, you so can this tell. Is, this is a white white Nike Prestos with black pants, uh, white a nice white t-shirt. Yeah, simple. And just nice. A, a nice black sort of bomber jacket. Yeah. I mean, I wear this probably on the days that I leave the leave the house. So it's probably. <laughs> Three days a week. <laughs> I probably wear this two out of three days. I respect it. Nice clean look. I mean, I'm all about just having those sort of go-to outfits. I work in um. It's black and white. It's bold. Most people listening will know that I sort of work in retail, and um, there is no uniform for it. You sort of just got to wear, you know, essentially, you know, shirt and tie or suit and that sort of crap. Yeah. And um, after a bit of time, you sort of establish like maybe sort of ten, ten to twelve outfits. You can just chuck on you have to mm. think about I love the idea of it it's just like oh I know this shirt goes with this jacket and that tie don't have to think about it Yeah, it's, it looks good like how Steve Jobs had a uniform yeah it's like my brain is doing more important shit like well you you think that picking out clothes is important and I, I get that but for the most part for most days I'm like I have more I have too many fucking decisions to make in any given day it's like I just I just want one that's kind of made for me. And it's like, yep, I just smack on this. And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't really... I mean, you can have one outfit, so I don't know. You may as well just have like 10, rotate them a bit. Yeah, well, I think Steve Jobs was just I like think like different, the point of it too. He was, he was black pants and different colored turtlenecks. Or yeah. Did he even do different colored turtlenecks? Probably not. Honestly, this is where it comes into the fact that like we're on the air, so we have like more than a regular conversation. Mm. We have a moral obligation to fact check. And I decline that obligation. <laughs> Very much the same. I, I think that. Honestly, do we even need to fact check anymore? No, because I think again, what this podcast is, it's a true representation of two friends talking shit. So in that sense, anything that we say is true, mm. and everything and nothing that we say is true. Yeah, I think like the thing is, we're not sort of here pretending to be some sort of truthful foreign correspondent bullshit or anything like that. <laughs> like, no disrespect to those guys and all their fact like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it takes a bit of work to have an award-winning journals program, but I mean, do they have a fucking podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's this? What's they do? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, I don't know because they don't Honestly, have a podcast. I'm sure. I don't get a check either. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not the point. Fucking hell. It's sort of interesting though. I mean, the whole idea of um, not fact-checking, right, us not fact-checking, yeah. hear me out, is like almost the most honest and true podcast. <laughs> because it's it's not who we are. We don't. It's not the point. Yeah, isn't the yeah, fact. Okay. The point is, or the in essence, the yeah. point, the yeah. story, the yeah, journey. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I mean, for example, let's just say something like Trump. I know. There you go. Episode one, and it's gone. There. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a common it's podcast really, now. What can I really say? Political. Just any, any anyone who's a political person, in a sense, who isn't fact checking. It's like, well, the issue with, you know, spinning these sort of fake truths or whatever. Yeah. Is the fact that you're sort of pretending that they're real. We never pretend. Like, we're not telling you that it's real. We're just sort of giving you the essence of the whole thing. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we're just spinning a yarn. We're to just be spinning honest. a yarn and suing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we might get sued. Let's just say, let's just say factually wrong shit. Yeah, exactly. Know, let's, uh, yeah, it's four tune in, in tune room. for episode two where we deny the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! I don't know what to say. Yeah, we're just uh, two friends just discussing things. Yeah. Look, Alex, you go there, but. Uh, <laughs> I was watching something about on Netflix about um oh, something about going too far with jokes or whatever and like the whole idea of people who make fun of the Holocaust like you know that film the producers or that 
um, yeah, Mel yeah. Brooks. Yeah, yeah. You know, he got into a whole lot of trouble for um, just kind of making light of Nazis, making the light of the Nazism and the whole thing, and you know, Hitler himself. Mm. And it's sort of like, well, yeah. I mean, no one really agrees on it yet. I mean, there's a lot of people they interviewed who were in the Holocaust and said, no, I find it, you know, horribly. Um, well, disgusting in a sense, like yeah. considering what I went through. I mean, there is no light, but then there's a whole mm. lot of people that were there as well, and who say, well, when I look back at my time in the camps, like it seemed to be that, um, I don't know, humor was one of the things that we did have. Yeah, it's interesting because well, I mean, I guess a comedian's defense would be like, well, well, humor is actually our best attack and defense against these things. Mm. Like when you kind of point out the ridiculousness of something, you strip it of a lot of its power. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's also just like one of those sort of paradoxes that humour often, like, is tied to very dark things. Mm. Like, I mean, it's the human experience is, like, pretty tragic. So, it's almost just like, fuck, I'm going to say this. They, they just go hand in hand in so many places because... Yeah. Like, I mean, you see, like, the dark ridiculousness of our lives and you're like, nah, I can only, I can only look at this and, and think it's funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there's that, there's that quote, fuck, who is it? It might actually be Mel Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Should we fact check it? Nah. It's like, um, see, the people at home, you can just Google what I'm about to say and then you'll know who said it, I mean. <laughs> exactly. And then well, just know, give it to us. Don't fact check. I mean, we just talked about not doing this. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Like, uh, tragedy is me cutting my finger. Comedy is you falling down a well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's all about perspective at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was thinking, here's, here's something that's like, to me, it was like darkly comic in, a, in an absurdist way. Like, so Alex Johnson, this is, oh, fuck, this is like, this is pretty edgy shit for the first podcast. So Alex Johnson plays with the Sydney Swans. Yep. Missed six years of football with like just different knee reconstructions oh, like, he just kept yeah. having to have his knee reconstructed and every time it was like he's about to come back he'd, he'd do another knee and so anyway last week it was the best story in the footballing world like he came back after six years out of footy he couldn't run for the middle two years at all like he mm. could he could just couldn't put weight on it and then his second game like just the weekend just gone he does his other knee it's like, what, it's his sixth or seventh knee reconstruction that he's going to need. What do you think he's... I mean, has he spoken about it? I mean, what is he sort of thinking when you're on the ground like, I, fuck? I don't know, but here's the thing. One one knee reconstruction is a tragedy. Yeah. Six is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, get what I'm saying? Because it's, it's just, just like, like... It's 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 absurdist. It's like, what do you... Like, is this... Like, this... It tells us something insane about human character. Yeah. <laughs> that a guy just keeps coming back when yeah. he's... Like, with all due respect... In a lot of ways, he is so clearly not cut out for it from like an anatomical viewpoint. Yeah. He shouldn't be playing football. His body has told him that many times that he should be like just doing any other of the million professions in, this, in the world. And instead, like the Greek myth of Sisyphus, the guy condemned to roll the boulder up the hill forever. Yeah. He just keeps coming back. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, I mean, I, I have friends who play AFL. Yeah. And I have friends who just missed. And, like, the idea of them working towards this dream and then having a, a year of their career stripped away, that's quite sad. But when it happens six times, it's very funny. <laughs> six times. Mm. Bit of a meme almost, really. I mean... How far from it are you? Like, we're kind of coming up with funny gags and it's just like, well, are they funny? Yeah. 
doesn't matter. Honestly, <laughs> once again, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be true. No, doesn't have to be true that it was funny. Don't really care. Yeah, but like just being like, yeah, yeah, he just fucking did it deliberately so he could stay on Sydney's payroll and just like do the easy recovery sessions. The ultimate doll blood. <laughs> Yeah, because when you're in there, they're always like, oh, he's working so hard on his recovery. I respect him. He's in like, a sense like he's a hero. Everyone's like, man, the determination, six knee reconstructions. Yeah. He's a hero. And he's like, fuck yeah. Give <laughs> another one on the board, make it yeah. seven. It's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> like when you're a kid and someone's like, geez, that's really inspiring. Like and like you hear the, the AFL commentator say, it's inspiring. You're like, yeah, I believe that. And then when you become, you become a bit more of an adult and you're like, gee, it's inspiring. You're like, well, is it? If you, it's just stubborn. He could have done another job. Yeah. It's like a funny family guy bit where it's like, uh, like I'm not going to give up. Can you imagine if Muhammad Ali had given up and then it's like a cutaway to Muhammad Ali, like an old Muhammad Ali as like a loving grandpa enjoying, yeah. <laughs> enjoying time with his grandkids, yeah. like eating hot soup. So yeah, happy days. I want to say, it's like, yeah, it's really inspiring. It's, like, it's, it's single-minded. It's absurd. It's, it's the human condition. It's most extreme and unfiltered. Yeah, I think a lot of us sort of, when we do, in a sense, sort of give up on something, you're always wondering what if and I think, I don't know, maybe him just doing those reconstructions where it's like, I oh mean, I respect that he's not letting that what if get to him or like, he's, well, I respect that he hasn't given up. I mean, that's something I did. And yeah, I guess it worked out fine, but... But he'll never die wondering with regards to his AFL career. Exactly. Other people sort of like, yeah, man, I mean, for me, I'm too weak. After one, two reconstructions, I'd be out of there. Mm. So I just respect that he's hitting it so hard. Like, he just keeps going for it. And in a sense, like, there's a bit of stupidity there. I mean, at what point... Well, to be honest, at what point do you have like doctors and medical staff being like mate reconstruction number four and five it's actually quite bad for you i think this is getting pretty dangerous not only for your physical health but your mental health like i mean what are you thinking there you've done your other knee you're like oh gee well i've got six in the right knee i guess the left knee (laughs) or is like is he this super optimist or is he really delusional or is he just like i've got no choice like i'm so deep in the rabbit hole of becoming an afl player that it's almost like a sunk cost you can't walk away now i have to do it and it's like well i mean you've done six it's almost like your identity to be that person that keeps pushing. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder if he feels some sort of external pressure. Yeah, from where? Like, people being like, after you come back from the third, it's like, man, you are such a, like, you've worked so hard. Mm. Like, you you are, you are like the champion He fighter. craves it. Maybe you're right. He did no, sabotage no, I'm, his I'm, other I'm, name. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, imagine if you did your fourth and it's just like, nah, he's a fighter. He'll come back from this. But you're kind of like, yeah, okay. I don't want to. Yeah, it's like your image is a fighter. You're almost a totem for the team at that stage. Mm. But he, like, here's the thing: I can't really begin to judge him because I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't have a dream like that myself. I don't have something where I was like, "Yeah, I would sacrifice everything for that." It's interesting. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not very single-minded. We kind of discussed this yesterday, mm. where it's like, uh, sometimes like, if you want to be like morally righteous, you it almost helps to be a little bit stupid for sure like a little bit like what's that Bert- Bertrand Russell quote like he was a great philosopher great mathematician like, I, I never he was alive in like the 30s and he was like 1930s um, and he was like I'd never die for what I believe in I might be wrong yeah do you know what I mean like, well that's a thing I mean smart, smart people doubt themselves more going back to that hero thing like the people we, we sort of put at the top of the pile it's like um, that Ben Smith man Ben Robert Smith. Ben Robert Smith, that's the one. Jesus Christ, it'd be so funny just broadcasting that <laughs> fucking SAS war hero and we just get taken off the air. Or he like kicks down our door and yeah. just, kills just walks through the door. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't fit through the door. Back basically. to it though, I mean, but like, 
what he like, essentially like yeah he wins the Vic Cross for what like essentially making what most people would say is a stupid decision like just running towards two machine gunners and taking them out or something like it's yeah. ludicrous yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but we reward that bravery like we respect it in a sense because we'd never make that decision and it's lucky because it turned out well yeah but I mean who's to say that same mentality as we mentioned yesterday that mentality to make those high risk decisions and those sort of not thinking about the costs yeah will lead them to make bad decisions it's kind of like um like horseshoe theory you know like how they say that two extremes that seem to be polar opposites are actually quite close mm. so if you think it, it curves back on itself and the ends are quite oh, close yeah. so the middle is like normal human experience like just fucking going about you nine to five and then like at one end of the horseshoe I guess it's like running into gunfire <laughs> like are we really surprised at like I don't know maybe shooting unarmed people or other like crazy on the edge sort of shit mm is actually quite close to that like to the heroism yeah exactly well because yeah you're right it's probably it's the same sort of it's the same two sides of the same coin really. well exactly it's the same like mentality that makes him do the heroic things also makes him do the fucked up things that aren't le- less heroic again like I don't know how the law works um, but we're not casting any aspersions on Ben Robert Smith I mean I really Please, just I don't I don't have an opinion. I don't yeah. I don't have. Could have said better myself. I'm not, I'm not informed. Uh, Michael probably even less so. I'm I'm, a, I'm essentially a jelly, I read a third I'm of a an article. Fish, I can't even remember his name. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, like calling Ben Smith. I mean, it is a fancy. But it was called Ben Smith. That's a pretty forgettable name. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, where are we going with this? Yeah, look, I have to tell you. Where were we going with this? I think we were speaking trying to get ourselves like, fucking indicted by the Australian government. For speaking of like leaders and stuff though and like those heroes. Yeah. You've talked about it in the past and I think you've studied it at uni and I've studied it in some in some way like, uh, what is it, emergence? Yes, I went to university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drop that out. Uh, um, an emergent property. Of a yeah, system. an emergent yeah. property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're probably, I mean, you did neuroscience and I did like environments. So I think mine was more from like a design point of view. Yeah. But I was watching this, um, and I remember like the classic um, examples, like yeah, plague of locusts, like the emergent property of yeah, yeah, or any sort of group mentality. It's anyway, it got me thinking though because I was watching some David Attenborough last night. I, I don't, it's honestly shed light on it. When someone's migrating, like which one of the boys or girls up front, like is anyone making a decision? This is like that whole thing about emergent qualities. It's like they just they just migrate. That's what happens. It's not like there's a leader. Yeah. Like, there's no leader in a locust plague. Everyone, it just works. Yeah, so, like, should we... Like, a, I think an emergent property is defined as um, something that's present in the whole system that isn't present in any one of the individual parts. It's something that comes about by the parts interacting that wouldn't otherwise be predicted. Mm. So, I guess you'd kind of say it's like... It's almost like it is a fucking 2,000-year-old argument. Is the whole the sum of its parts? Or is it something more? And so I guess the classic example that we use when we're talking about emergent properties is consciousness. <coughs> so like neurons firing together, mm. like shouldn't really create a conscious experience. It's not something you expect to get just by looking at the components. Same thing in an anthill, any one ant is pretty fucking dumb and they work together somehow and build real dope shit. And you're like, well, man, like it almost has like an identity in and of itself, the anthill. So wait, what? So that's... I don't know where I was going to find. You're asking whether any of the... I mean, because I know you've you've got a better understanding of it than I think I do. I like this question. It's almost Confucian in its way. When you said, is any... Is any... Is there a leader in the plague of locusts? What happens if like there's... 
Well, even like in any, in any sort of migrating... Yeah, yeah, or we're thinking like a school of fish. Because like, I mean, you yeah, catch sure, a classic like a shot in, fish, in a nature yeah. dock. The, the big blob is almost moving as if it has one mind. Yeah. And you're like, how is that coming about? Mm. I mean, I guess it's just each each fish wants to stay as close as possible to its other fish. And there are just random fluctuations. Yeah, so they're just reacting to each <coughs> other, just making decisions. Well, yeah. So like, it's it's almost like statistical noise will come in. Like Honestly, maybe maybe each one fish of, is one like of, a neuron in your brain, sort exactly of thing. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's what. Yeah, and like, and like one fish responds to like kind of a random input, which is like, oh, maybe it sees like a bigger fish, mm. and so then it darts one way, and then like I guess it kind of has some sort of chaotic chain reaction where that like what is essentially statistical noise is magnified through the group. Yeah, you got something big, yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like you almost you'd almost expect the statistical noises to cancel each other out. But and what just have like a real mess of just, just like, like swirling fish hitting each other, just absolute carnage sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Just like peak out traffic. Yeah. Is traffic any? Oh, sorry, go on. Is traffic an emergent quality? An emergent property. I think I've yeah. thought about. That. I think I've. Is traffic? I think it is. What do you mean? Oh, it's congestion. It sort of has to be an emergent quality. It's an emergent quality of. X amount of people, like a group of people moving. Like yeah, if yeah. I'm walking down the street, well, let's say I, I want to walk into the city, you know, three three k's, whatever it is, like it's okay. But if sixty thousand people want to walk with me from that journey, well, it's going to be a hell of a lot slower, and it's going to cause other problems within the within the system. <coughs> I guess you could kind of file it as an emergent property, but like because it's like things that you don't expect to arise or arising. Well, but one th- car moving, like one car moving within a system. There's no congestion. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's more it's more like kind of a, a ga- like almost a game theory sort of problem or some sort because mm. you have you have players with agency making choices that are in their best interests and then you kind of have like counterintuitive results arising from that. Like have you seen those uh, little YouTube videos of like so of like how traffic starts and so it'll be cars in a circle like drive, yeah, yeah, driving yeah. around and they're all equidistant mm. and they're all driving at like 40 kilometers an hour. You're like, oh, this is perfect. And then one of them breaks. And like, so then the one behind it catches up a little bit. And then, well, it's, it's sort and of- then like over the next minute, they pretty much all condense until they're in like one quarter of the circle. And it's just this really shitty thing of them accelerating and decelerating. Mm. And they can kind of never get back to the original state that they were in. Well, the ordered state. Like that pretty much is, it just sounds like that sort of, that school of fish thing. Like everyone's just reacting to each other else, you know? I mean, like, yes, they have their own sort of interests. And like, for example, fish one might be <coughs> like, well, I don't want to hit fish B and I also don't want to be on the outside because I might get eaten. Mm. Or it's like, well, I don't want to hit this car. I also need to get here as well. And I'll go as fast as I sort of can. Or, you know, might have other people be like, I don't want to go as fast. I guess the distinction is in, in traffic, things tend towards chaos, whereas in the fish or the anthill, things tend towards order. Yeah, so it's like, oh, is emergent only a good quality? Like, has like a positive outcome. Yeah. We should have done some research. I don't know. Once no. again, like we're not we're not pretending to be heroes here. Exactly right. Um, back to oh, what was I? I just had a thought about traffic and emergent qualities and shit like that. Oh, well, I lost it. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah. No, let's just pick on the crime really. <laughs> sit here in silence until it comes back to. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we did kind of gag about leaving the silence in. I think what we want to we're striving for here is sort of like a very similitude to a to a real. Yeah, like, honestly, the chats we have, yeah, we like. Yeah, I think the way we like our relationship is a bit unique. I mean, in the sense that I don't know, 
we talk for quite a while and we don't really think about it too much. It is mm. a bit more of an autopilot thing. It's not that yeah. small talk ridden first yeah, couple hours you might have when you really meet someone. It's Yeah. I think what we want people to have the effective it's almost like we're just chatting in a group and then you've just walked into the group. You've almost just walked in mid conversation. Yeah, and we're ignoring you. <laughs> I guess every now and then we'll reference at you there, like, we'll, yeah, like, like as, oh, as look, a punchline, yeah. like just kind of be like, hey, I mean, if you're some fucking idiot like this guy over here. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, the amount of times we've just kind of been like hanging out and we're just like chatting to each other and we're just like, honestly, I don't really give a shit about these other people here. Like, I mean, if they if they kind of if they kind of buy into it, like when we're having like a, like a classic that I've been referencing the last couple of days, it's like the first conversation we had was about chips where I quite yeah. a, I quite aggressively said that by any objective measure like kettle are the best chip I couldn't I couldn't help but agree because I mean like what do people like in chips and I listed the things like flavor uh, melt in your mouth quality crunchiness mm. and I mean it's it's the top of all three of those it's got them all covered so if you think another chip is better you've actually you're not thinking logically you've actually been swayed by like the media or nostalgia or something and you just really just took it and ran with it yeah, like, of course. But I think like you and I both, in a sense, um, take things to their extremes. Yeah. It's like, I really want to get to the bottom of it. Like, well, yeah, I mean, you've talked about a chip, but it's like, well, yeah, like what makes a kettle chip so amazing? Yeah. I want to yeah. get to the crux of it. Well, you, you... And then other people might think though, like automatically, sorry to interrupt, but like, it's a fucking chip, who cares? Yeah. You and I have a tendency to intellectualize every activity literally everything except yeah. study we don't really study yeah, we, don't do that. <laughs> we just really us. talk in depth about chip flavors mm. uh, sometimes movies sometimes books but like i mean i'm not saying like uh, i'll just disrespect someone because of like who they are i'm just saying like if you, you can sometimes you can tell in the first like couple of minutes it's like are they going to do that sort of normal small talk thing where it's like we might as well not be having a conversation to be honest yeah i do think small talk has like some function kind of allows you to calibrate like two different people Mm. Like you get to know when's he kind of joking or when's he serious and what does he mean when he says this and like when does he pull back? But I mean, you need about two minutes of that. And after that, it's sort of like, look, it's a yes or a no here. I'm walking away. I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. And we're going to And just... you drop some real sort of hardcore stuff. You'd yeah. be like, so do you like kettle chips? If not, fuck <laughs> off. Or... Yeah. The calibration's an interesting one. I mean, it's true. Like you get the vibe, like, is it worth me? like going into this tangent about what I think about traffic and emergent qualities because mm. if he doesn't care, then yeah. I'll probably keep talking anyway. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the time I think we, I I can go on a tangent and sort of look at the other person and just out of it like, I don't know, man, you do you. And then it's essentially just a case of you're just having this conversation for your own enjoyment. Back I mean, to that emergent thing. Yeah, you I were just, right. I, I thought, really I, up on it. Oh, did you I, remember I thought, what you yeah, forgot? I was like, right, maybe it Let's isn't. Get... I mean, because we've actually got traffic lights and things that try to control. Yeah. The system of moving cars. Is that... Oh, is, or is I, that... I don't think it's emergent though because you're like, oh, but like one car, there's not traffic and then lots of cars, there is traffic. But I'm like, no, that's exactly what you expect. Well, yeah. Yeah, whereas if you have one ant, it's like, yeah, one ant's dumb. He just competes with other things for food. Well, to be honest, I don't know. I think ants. you expect that because you live that every day. Well, I mean, you just saying it's just been socially conditioned. Right. I mean, don't you think that like flu right if it's 100 right. kilometers an hour, we've got cars like, we'll all just go 100 k's an hour. Why are we going 80 like, we can all go just faster. You know what I mean? I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, thought... do, I do think that when I'm in the Exactly. Car. Sometimes I'm you like, think that. It's like, this traffic, traffic is a gimmick. It wouldn't be here if everyone just drove faster. Exactly. <laughs> so, in a sense... It's almost, like, axiomatically true, but also it's like, but, yeah, but 
like the amount of times I'm like, oh, you, you kind of go through a bottleneck and everyone's just doing 80 in one section and then we get to the other side and we're all doing 100 and, the, and it's like, oh, the traffic's gone. I'm like, well, what changed? Literally it's nothing like, changed. Like, do you think the um, the fish in those like big swimming schools think, fuck man, like who would have thought that we'd be here? <laughs> <laughs> like running around, big group, making shapes and colours. No, fish, fish are dumb. All. Fish are dumb. Is, is they equally... just do it. They just believe this is it. Like we're just doing, it's, we're fish. We're being fish. Like you're in a car well. This is what cars like, like traffic. <laughs> I don't really get this analogy, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. Good. It's got some good colour to it. Yeah. I like the idea of a fish in a car. It's like that gag. Oh no, wait, I've kind of spoiled the punchline. Fucking, we'll fix this up in post. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, Give us a gag, come on. So, uh, so uh, two fish are in a tank together. And one of them turns to the other and says, do you know how to drive this thing? <laughs> Just lent in and laughed. Thanks, brother. Fuck, honestly. Because it's like a, it's like a, uh, you think it's a fish tank, but it's a, uh, like an armored vehicle yeah exactly so i mean there's... you tricked the people there well i mean the human, the punchline was lost because i was like yeah fish in a car hey it reminds me of a joke about fish in a tank it's like well you pretty much expect them to be an armored tank yeah. what would have been funny if i'd be like oh it's like, like that two joke about fish in a tank mm. they were just you know oh you're living edit, just... once again edited and post we'll do it again no no if i just like flip the joke and just be like yeah two fish in a tank they're in, in an aquarium it's like, like what? Expecting the armored vehicle. That's yeah, so like, like that's not what you're gonna like, get. If you know the joke, it works. It, I don't know. I think we've lost it. Yeah. Yeah, just fucking edit out the last. Um, How long have we been going for? Is that 40, 45 minutes? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Back. Um, I was just thinking again because I'm a bit hungry and I think we'll probably get something to eat soon. Do you want to do like an interval? I don't know. I don't know how long these things would go for. I mean, we could have said part one, part two. Almost wrap it up in an hour, part one. Go get something mm. to eat. Because something, something... I just want to get this out there to the podcast listeners. Something... Oh, fuck it. Sorry, go on. Nah, go on. Come on, get it to the listeners. <laughs> I don't think you understand, though. We don't have <laughs> we listeners. It defeats the purpose. <laughs> we have investigators. We have chosen not to share this. Um, so it's like a thing like, what do you do? I'll do a podcast. I can have a listen. No, not really. <laughs> do you record it? Yeah. Why do you record it? I don't know. It'd just be weird if we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good call. Like, I told my brother, it's just like, yeah. He's like, where can I listen to it? I'm like, honestly, you can't. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's the emergent property of, <laughs> of us doing podcasts. He's like, I'd really advise against that. Like, we just want to shut it down. Like, like, do you understand how popularity works? And I'm like, honestly, I do it. I don't care. I don't care for it. That's, I don't want it. What are you saying about getting some food? Yeah, I'm pretty hungry. Um, so I'll get some food later. Maybe after that, we'll do a part two. See how we feel. But um, it got me thinking. I, I think I want to do another... Um, Another dinner party of sorts. Mm. And that's what we'll talk about next because um, I've been watching that uh, Facebook thing, Binging with Babish. you seen that stuff? No. Oh, well, you sort of like TV shows, pop culture shit. Um, it'll be like a recipe, like someone might talk about a certain sandwich in Seinfeld and, like, uh, and then he's like, I'm going to recreate that sandwich. Uh, yeah. And you, I mean, you actually that's lent good. me a book for a while. <laughs> lent about... you a book and you got me a fucking library fine of about $2,000. Yeah, <laughs> What'd you get? It. <laughs> I don't know why I expected anything else. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I mean... It's funny. Because <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just us to a T really because I was like, hey, make sure you return that book. And you're like, yep, yep, yep. And it's like literally a 15 second job. Yeah, listen to J. Cole, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll get around to it, dude. Years ago, like when I first met him, like Felzy had heard that I've been listening to like all of Yeezy and every, like a lot of rap. And yeah. he was like, yeah, just listen to this J. Cole album. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I just never have. It's like, I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't, I don't care if he does or he doesn't. It doesn't really affect me. I mean, I guess in a sense, <laughs> he sort of did care that I did return that book. Yeah. Besides the point. 
Um, dinner the, party. So the, the book. The, the book. But yeah, you explain it better because be honest, I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, I just held on to it. I was like, I like the gesture of you sharing a book with me, but um, <laughs> but I don't actually read. I don't read it. No, goodness, God. it sort of in a sense takes away from the the gesture. <laughs> the beauty of the gesture is that you gave me the book, and if I get enjoyment from the book, I'm not getting enjoyment from the gesture, and it defeats the purpose. And you lost me. Oh, Back to it though. What's the book about? I'm intrigued more than ever. Here you go. I'll give you a synopsis. Yeah. Um, it was by a it was by a food and culture critic. Um, he writes under a pseudonym of Dinner Fried, and I'm like, ah, it's it's clever. Yeah. Um, and it was like iconic descriptions of food or scenes with food in them from literature. Yeah. And like they had an excerpt. They had on one page like picture of double page spread. On one page, it had the actual text of the expert, ex- uh, the excerpt, and then they had this food critic writing about what it meant to her and just like explaining it. And then on the accompanying page, it had a really nice photo of the dish and like the cutlery was even like correct, like mm. for for the description of like the chowder in uh, Moby Dick, like the dish was like in like some like wooden bowl with like a carved spoon. It's almost like a, a purer form of binging with Babish. Like yeah. because I mean, whilst he shows a little clip at the start to describe, I mean, because you haven't seen it, yeah, it is the same sort of thing. But I think having the actual pure text there, and mm. then next to it, like this is what perhaps binging misses. But I mean, at the same time, it's not what he's about. Yeah, he's sort of about recreating it, the journey of actually making the food, as opposed to the significance of the food. Yeah, but I like the idea of like sort of explaining. It. I mean, as we, I mean, I mentioned before recently with um, taking photos and sort of what do you do with them afterwards, and I guess if you're sharing them in any form whether it be on Instagram or in physical format, I mean, how can I expect someone to look at it and feel the same way I do when I've looked at it for, you know, probably hours on end and mm. like thought about it and like and was then, there when I took the photo. I mean, and then it came down to that point of Socrates was saying one of those, was like, a, you know, the unexamined life isn't worth living. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, to Pretty be honest, Socrates. is the photo actually... Um, is the photo itself special or everything behind it the thought that you put the into it the thought into it as well like both prior and post the photograph being taken mm, to be honest I feel like half the magic is in the thought and explanation afterwards yeah so you so you think the context is in, is essential for the interpretation yeah, of art definitely yeah okay is it not, not essential but I think it adds in many dimension. ways I think for me it can add a whole new dimension because I mean if you're at a gallery you sort of most people, I think, or perhaps I wouldn't, stand at a painting for 30 minutes. I'm here and there's a lot of things to see and I sort of do want to move around. Right. So, yeah, I say I would. I, I, I know I have stood in front of a painting. Yeah, I mean, like, every now and then you might. But I think all in all, but I mean, what about all the other ones that you've missed? Honestly, I don't care for them. <laughs> yeah, I, guess I walk that's... in there, I ask the attendant, I say, what's the best painting here? <laughs> yeah. And he points me over the best. and I look at it for 45 minutes and I go home. I mean, <laughs> Not wasting your time, I no, respect like, that. Again, it's like the, well, it's not really like the army guys who, uh, but I'd like to tie it back to that thing we were talking about before about a critical mass. I feel it's just better to look at one and like get it on as deep a level as you can than look at a lot and get it sort of in a superficial way. I think if you look at a lot, then like because we, we, we're kind of talking here about the, in the interpretation of art and that means like the overlaying of your personal experiences with the like author's intention mm. and that's where like kind of meaning arises i reckon if you go around and look at a whole bunch then you're looking 
you'll, you'll probably end up looking too much through the own lens of your personal understanding. Whereas if you look at one for a longer time, like eventually, like your own goggles will kind of like wash away and you'll, your mind will open a little bit more and you'll be able to see maybe what the author intended or maybe something else about the world that you didn't know before. I think part of it as well though comes down to talking about context, like how, hmm, I mean, look, I see where you're coming from, but I think like just staring at one thing for the whole time, you're looking for something, you know what I mean? Like you are looking for perhaps meaning or you're looking for a point that the artist is trying to make. And perhaps like, I mean, I can tell you like when I, a lot of photos that I take, I'm not taking to prove a point or to necessarily mm. say anything, yeah. but I take them and I look at them afterwards and I'm like, oh, tell what they're saying to me, why I like this, blah, blah, blah. I yeah. mean, it comes down to perhaps why I like a lot of um, fashion so much because I get entrenched with the story of it. I mean, whether it be a wool mill that um, only selects wool from three farms in New Zealand and yeah. they only get um, the wool from like, essentially a quality that only 2% of merino sheep can produce. And I'm like, fuck, mm. like that dedication, I love that. And almost it just brings it to life. And in a sense, it's like, well, that context brings this, what essentially might just be a pretty photo of some nice colors and, and framing. It's like, oh, this actually brings it to life. I'm seeing more. I'm getting the idea of the story behind it, which is something that I like. I mean, because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you were talking before about, oh, I can't remember what you said. You said it well, but when you're reading a book, not trying to find the point of it. What, what, what were you saying? I mean... Yeah, this was, this was like a couple of days ago. Oh, it could have been weeks, to be honest. It's all blur. <laughs> yeah, it was... I think I, I sent you that screenshot from the the Wikipedia article about the never-ending story, the yeah. children's book. And there's like the author's explanation of it. And he's like, there isn't, there isn't a point. There isn't a message. Like, I don't start out with some moral that I want to impart to people. Because I think if you do that, it's going to be... It's going to be not real. Mm. And it's it's kind of like it's not it's not going to resonate with people anyway yeah exactly and so it's almost just kind of like it's just like life is is there is there a point is there a meaning honestly i don't know i just kind of present you with the i present you with the story and you dwell on that take what you, you will yeah exactly right and i mean it means it means that the story is a lot more dynamic like because if, if there's if there's kind of a, an inherent degree of ambiguity then a lot of people can look at it and take something out of it that applies to them. Mm, see, yeah, okay. if, if, if there's if there's a point, it's like, I mean, it's the same for everyone who reads it. It's like, yeah, we read, we read like, I don't know, what's a book? It's like pretty moralizing. Uh, and this isn't an insult. Like a Christmas Carol is pretty moralizing. Mm. But it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it had to be like we had kids dying in phosphorus mines. I mean, is that true? <laughs> Google it. Probably <laughs> it was eighteen hundreds alone, yeah. and anything went. But it's like, so it's it's very insistent on its point which is exactly what it wants to be, right? The author wants everyone to get the same message out of that book. Yeah. Whereas something that's a lot more ambiguous. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, at this point, it's not like I think either of us is right. I can't, like, I agree with what you're saying and it's like, well, to be honest, I, I guess perhaps what I was wondering is like, what is the most pure or best way to pass on or to give a message? Or not, obviously not give a message, but like to present something, whether it be mm -hmm. art or anything like that or writing like should you just give it to them and essentially well you go on the journey of reading it or watching it and you take away what you like much like or or is it more so the case of like well here it is i'm going to give you the story oh maybe that's the thing hey 
I mean, in some paintings, let's say there's a, in some paintings, perhaps the story is all there. Everything that you need to know is in the painting. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like you're talking about phosphorus mines and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And like, oh shit, I don't know where I'm going with this. So when I was talking about giving a bit of a blurb of like, yeah, where the photo is taken, I was like, perhaps what it means and like the things I like about it and stuff like that. It's like, well, perhaps in a painting where it's a bit more of a curated thing, like you're working on it bit by bit. You've actually oh, yeah, yeah. told that story in a visual yeah. way as opposed to a verbal way. Yeah, so whilst yeah. I've verbally told you the story about the fabric mills that get stuff from that, it's like, well, maybe, yeah. you know, some artists are so good at their form that they can actually transfer that story onto canvas. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's probably the thing. It's maybe I'm not at that stage yet where I can really take a photo or perhaps I don't, you know, maybe I don't trust people to get the, you know, to be able to appreciate it the same yeah. way I do. The, the misunderstood artist is like, yeah, it's like, it's a very real yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. Because I mean, I think you said it once before, like you kind of get angry. Like you'll be explaining something that's like profound, like to you. Like, yeah. It might be like a depressive, like a depressive experience. Mm. Or like something something quite painful and if someone's like I understand like <laughs> you're almost insulted by yeah, that like, what do you mean you understand yeah, you yeah. don't get it exactly right it's like well like it's like the the misunderstood artists I mean there's there's two there's only two options and they're they're both equally like bad for different oh, reasons thing, like yeah. is, it, is it worse is it worse that I create my art and no one understands it or that I create it and people understand it in which case I'm like oh maybe it's not that complicated or maybe I'm not that different like it's only if I have the paradox is it's only if I have a worldview so different and out there that no one can understand it that it's worth painting, but then no one will get it. Yeah, it's like maybe tortured soul. Yeah, it's like maybe I want to be tortured in a sense. Maybe I want to feel isolated. The whole idea of like, oh yeah, I know what that's like. Well, you haven't experienced it. How can you know what it's like? Yeah. So oh, you sort of told me, and I feels familiar. And it's like, well, to be honest, how many feelings are there within the human experience? It's not like I can. As a human, I can only sort of, I feel like I can only experience so many things. You can only be so sad. You can only be so happy. So when someone, when you're sort of describing something about this tremendous occasion, whether it be so happy or sad, yeah, you're like, oh, you know, this could have been rock bottom. And then someone's like, ah, oh, yeah, I felt rock bottom before. I felt that feeling. I know what it's like. It's like, well, scrap that because I'm actually talking about the situation here as well mm. that obviously you haven't experienced. At the same time, it's just like, it's like an overreaction. Like, I don't know. Don't know where I sounded these days. Yeah. It's something you can't really answer, I feel. Fuck it, I'm hitting the phone because I'm bringing up this quote. Let's bring a bit of a intellectualism to this goddamn uh, yeah, operation. Mum- mumblings. Uh, <laughs> where is that quote that I like? That Marcus Aurelius one. Fuck me. Just, here we go. Don't look at my... Like, I could... Like, it's up there with... It's it's even worse than people being in my room is people looking at my camera roll. I need someone to pledge. To, when I die, microwave my phone. I'm like, <laughs> don't even know hack the internet out of my house. Like, I mean, with a machete. Like, just chop <laughs> yeah. up the wires. Yeah. I don't know how it fucking works. Closed circuit I mean. internet, that's what we need. <laughs> oh, you missed the point, Michael. No, 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 trust me, man. Here we go. Marcus Aurelius. Nothing happens to any man that he is not formed by nature to bear. Honestly, that's actually the same thing. It's uh, Something very similar is in the Odyssey, and I'll be honest, I, I, don't know, I won't be able to find it. Yeah. Something, the whole idea of um, you can't blame the poet for merely expressing what's out there. He's just sharing what's real. Like that old story of like, yeah, it's sad, but I don't know. Is it his fault? Go on. I haven't read the Odyssey, so... Oh, it's just like, I mean, long story short, um, 
musicians in the hall with the son and wife of Odysseus, who's been away for 20 years. Yeah. And the musician starts playing this very, very sad song about Odysseus, great man, now he's gone, he'll never come back. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the wife says, you know, this is tremendously sad. Please make it stop. We'll put, we'll put a spoiler tag on this, but I mean, it's the story's been out for 2,000 years. <laughs> yeah, she exactly. really should have got around Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, she's like, please make him stop. And the son says, well, mom, like, you can't really like, let him go on. Like, you can't blame him for what is essentially out there. Like, this human experience, it's real. Mm. It's, it's not like, don't get angry at him. Don't tell him to stop what he's doing. Yeah, interesting. I Tr- truthfully, I don't see it as that similar to what I said, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate that you brought it up anyway. Different. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tangent. We're, no, it's good. We're nearing the sort of hour mark. I think I it's about time you're saying to eat. And what are you feeling? See, I skipped breakfast. It's again, I it's, like, breakfast it's like that well. conspiracy, the conspiracy yeah. theory that water makes you thirstier. Sometimes when you skip breakfast, you're less hungry. Oh, I mean, like, like lions that might not eat for six weeks. <laughs> Once again, don't fact check that. <laughs> It's just, it just, I mean, as soon as I said it, I'm like, yeah, it's just probably the most out there. Yeah, like, I was like, what can you get away I with? I mean, lions, not alive lions, but I mean, dead lions. Dead lions, honestly, go, never eat years again. Without the yeah. But, um, I don't know, could do a burger or something. I think best call is probably wander down to Racecourse Road. It's the local main street, I guess. Do you we'll put a pin on this podcast? I now? think, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stop it. And then if we want to come back, we'll just have part two, like post food. Oh. That's the option we've got there. What are, what are we talking about in part two? We'll find out in part two. I don't know. It's like you asked me, what are we going to talk about today? I don't fucking yeah, well know. said, well we said. Just talk about it. Once again, you press record and then... So, so wait, will we just not talk during lunch? Let's just save up all the good ideas. And just, yeah, well, well, this is no. like... We talked about what's set up to get and there are so many different... And maybe that's a good thing to talk about later because I feel like the experience of buying it was in itself like an interesting experience because <laughs> I think like my character of like just wanting the best... Yeah, like, yeah, I want the best quality stuff. Yeah, like I want, like the most freedom to do whatever we want. <laughs> like, yeah. essentially, he's given us three options, and I'm like, well, how can I get all three options in one? Like, I'll just buy yeah. three options and I'll fuse them together. <laughs> You're the type of guy to like, just so people know, to like, be just starting out on a hobby, and like buy literally the most expensive shit. Like yeah, you'll decide, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna start skiing. Can you go buy like a ten thousand dollars set of skis or something stupid like that? Yeah, something like that. I feel, I mean, like, for example, I sort of started playing guitar a couple of months ago. Yeah. And, well, I mean, almost just went right in the rabbit hole. I mean, I know you can, obviously never got the best, but, I mean, the option was there. Do you spend 200 bucks on a guitar or do you spend 1400 <laughs> And at that stage, you're like, well, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to like the sound that comes out of a 200. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like, without even knowing. Um, I opted for, like, something in between. I think I spent 700 bucks or 800 bucks in the end, yeah. which is a pretty good call. But... The same time, that's in Australian dollars. If you're just listening overseas, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those overseas <laughs> listeners. Uh, yeah, look, I like the best. Simple as that. That's yeah, what's well well like the record collection as well? It's like, where, where what's the most it? expensive way to listen to music? <laughs> like, what's the best <laughs> way to vinyl. do it? Fucking vinyl. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, anyway, look, we might leave it there for now. We'll Let's go get... out somewhere expensive for lunch. Yeah, know, expensive like money. That. And um, yeah, I might do an episode two or part two, or we might not. Honestly, <laughs> doesn't really matter. <laughs>